What happened to your hands? Oh. Don't pretend that you don't like this. Why would I like it? Because it's exciting. Oh, no. No, it is not. It's dangerous. Now get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. These are a part of me. I thought you loved all of me like I love all of you. I... I'm scared. Just relax. Or you'll end up like Adam did. Buried in the park. No head, no feet, no hands. Skin grated off like a rind of pecorino. Welcome everybody to another episode of Need Some Introduction. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the eighth episode of Yellow Jackets, season two of Yellow Jackets, just one episode away from the finale, Sona. It had that feeling. It had that feeling, this episode. Absolutely. And this episode is called It Chooses. And we'll find out what that means right over the course of the episode. Before we get into that, I did want to mention a show that this is an acquired taste, but I did enjoy this. So I think maybe people may want to sample it. It's a new show that came out on Apple TV+. Plus. They've had a string of very successful shows. They just had an announcement yesterday that three months ago, they hit a new viewership high with the launch of Shrinking, or maybe when Shrinking was wrapping up. And then they kicked off the new season of Ted Lasso, which gave them a new month Mm -hmm. of viewership highs. Now they have that show with... Jennifer Garner. I've been watching that. Oh, you have been? Is it good? It's not good. No, it's not good. (laughs) I heard it wasn't good. That's why I haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about it. I don't know why I persist in watching it. Maybe because Jennifer Garner <laughs> is very likable. It's not appointment TV by, for me by any means, but it'll be like, oh, there's a new episode of this one. Let me just watch it. You know, I probably should have read the book. I probably would have enjoyed mm, the book yeah. enough as like a B-tree type thing. I don't think this should have been a series. I think it should have been a movie. But we yes, I haven't even problem, let you say the title. Of it. <laughs> I just jumped right in. <laughs> I actually don't remember the actual title of it. I have a vague understanding the of the title. The last thing he told me. The last thing he told me, yes. Yeah. So that has been uh, successful, apparently, I, surprisingly so. Maybe not because of the talent involved. The Big Door Prize was kind of big at the launch of the show, although I think the audience has tailed off on that. Uh, but most importantly is Ted Lasso is wrapping up. And simultaneously, they just kicked off Silo, which is the biggest launch they've ever had for any of their dramas, which means that they hit another ratings high this past month. Anyway, they're on this string of successes. This is all before Severance even comes back. So uh, Apple TV Plus on a win streak. And I did want to bring up a new show that maybe you might want to check out. It's called High Desert. Oh, I think I saw like the image of that in the Apple TV when I signed on to it. It stars Patricia Arquette. This is originally going to be directed partially by Ben Stiller, which would be their third time they work together. They're so fun together. Yeah. I mean, not only Severance, which was a huge success, obviously, but also on uh, Escape from Danamora, which is also very good if people haven't checked that out. This is a mini series. Definitely doesn't overstate welcome. I think it's only like six episodes. Really, really great. I think she won an Emmy for that. Anyway, they've had this interesting partnership. His wife is one of the stars of the show as well, Ben Stiller's. But he's only here as a producer. I guess he was too busy to actually direct. He is once again directing a bunch of the episodes for Severance. What I would say is if you are a fan of Patricia Arquette, and your mileage may vary on this, you'll really enjoy this show. She's having an absolute blast. The series begins, and this is not a spoiler. It's the opening scene of it. She lives in a huge mansion. She's married to Matt Dillon. They are the envy of their family. They're having a huge family gathering. Her mom is there. She has a very close relationship with her mom, Bernadette Peters. 
and uh, her sisters there, her brother-in-law, they're all kind of jealous of her, but also, of course, very happy to be living in this luxurious settings before the intro of the episode is up, before the credits even come up. The DEA has busted in. They apparently were dealing drugs, just marijuana, it apparently seems to be. There's a very funny piece of dialogue later on when someone was talking about the cocaine that they were selling. And she's like, I never sold cocaine. I was addicted to cocaine, but I didn't <laughs> sell the cocaine. It turns out that her idyllic life was a total mess. She was an, a drug addict. Her husband gets arrested. They lose everything. And we catch up with her some years later. Her mom has died and it's devastating to her. And her brothers and sister want to sell the house that she's living in, her mom's house. But she doesn't want to move out, but they need the money. And she needs the money, by the way. She's working at one of these frontier town, Old West town, where she's one of the actresses. And the mm -hmm. whole way that this is rendered is hilarious. She has to jump from one locale to another. They're basically paying her minimum wage. And the uh, labor required to keep this show going is hilariously over the top. And over the course of the show, three episodes premiered right away. You see that not only is she actually a really good detective, she ends up becoming a private investigator, sees an ad on TV for this completely failed PI, played by Brad Garrett, ends up imposing herself into his business, proves herself to be a really good detective. She has all these interpersonal issues going on. But what I found most entertaining about the show, I think, is that as the mystery is evolving, it turns out that it is intersecting with all these things that have actually happened to her in the past. Like she is central to this story, but it's not like a conspiracy of some kind. It simply is just a coincidence in a way, but it makes her really relevant. It makes everything that happens in the course of solving these mysteries. It's practically like a mystery per week or per episode that uh, she gets drawn into it in, in interesting ways. She's very funny. I think the show, the tone of the show is pulling it off pretty well. I could imagine if you had like a Ben Stiller directing, some of this stuff would hit a little bit better, I think. And it's a little bit, a little bit off, but I mm -hmm. laughed at it a lot. Uh, it has very much a kind of a big Lebowski feel to it. This very shaggy uh, noir series. It's kind of a sun drenched noir, kind of like the mm -hmm. big Lebowski as a reference point. And also I think if you're a fan of Poker Face and you like this kind of quixotic uh, central character solving mysteries and being very good at solving mysteries, like in very logical ways. Uh, it's not as good as Poker Face, but if you were a big fan of Poker Face and you like Patricia Arquette, I think you'll definitely like this show. And uh, three episodes in, the reviews have been pretty mixed. I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I laughed a lot. It's only 30 minutes. I enjoyed it. Cool. So an easy watch and probably an easy binge. So maybe you can wait till you get to the end. If you do, If you're completely uninterested after episode one, it's not going to get much different. If you really enjoy episode one, you're just going to get a lot more of that <laughs> as the show progresses. <laughs> okay, let's get into the episode itself. I watched the credits because I've been ignoring them this whole entire time. <laughs> Most of the stuff that we saw last week is there again. However, there are definitely new scenes and also things that happened in the past. For example, we see someone breaking through the ice in a quick uh, glimpse this week, mm -hmm. which of course directly ties in to this episode. So I feel like that's what they're doing. It's almost like a compilation. They're adding scenes week to week. Right. Uh, some of those scenes drop off, but then they have like teasers for the current episode. And also I wonder if there are in there, uh, I was looking for it. I didn't really see anything too relevant. I don't think that could be teasers for the future, but I didn't necessarily see anything that I consider a direct spoiler. By discovery here, one episode away from the finale, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad, right? Because somebody is working very hard to do this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we've only just noticed it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I mean, they give you that little skip option. I always skip. I'm sorry, but. I'm 50-50 on skipping. They just let it run because I'm going to run and get my drink or, you know, do one last thing before I sit down. But if I'm ready to go, I skip it. I uh, don't skip the succession one because I want, I like the music, but <laughs> other than that, I, I pretty much skip. <laughs> the same thing with uh, Game of Thrones, by the way. I used to always listen to the theme music for Game of Thrones because it was like, you know, uh, it's you the in the mood. Yeah, exactly. Let's break it down past and present. We see Lottie's recovering from her horrible beating <laughs> from last week. Oh boy. Mari really annoyed me here, but they do give you some sympathy here. You realize that this disgusted exterior that she's you know, acting like, ooh, it smells bad. She has internal bleeding from the kicks that she received from Shauna. Honestly, if she does have a kidney infection, I don't know what on earth you're supposed to do without antibiotic. Just drink lots of water. <laughs> Wait, I wish oh, they don't have, well, I guess they have plenty of water. They just melt the snow. So, I think they did a very good job in these first few minutes of showing how everyone is reaching a breaking point. Oh, absolutely. And I think we've all had that just like on our regular day, right? Where like, Things are going wrong. Things are going wrong. Things are going wrong. And then finally, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then you just like collapse into a heap of like, I cannot take <laughs> it anymore. And I think that's what's happening with Mari. Yeah. And I like that she's still putting on this facade of being, you know, like the cool girl, like, or at least the detached, mm -hmm. that detached coolness that she puts on. But you see when she drops the urine that, uh, she, you know, she's at her breaking point too. So all of this has been big performance. But I like to see Misty too, to basically saying, be useful and shut up. <laughs> Which is right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Misty usually is the one who's the kind of, you know, in denial of reality. So it's good to see her kind of put her foot down here too. <laughs> Lottie in this haze that she's in has visions of the future. In rewatching the episode, just to take notes, I scanned through it and I did pause on these and she sees the girls running across the snow and, you know, she sees a bunch of other things that don't seem to be as literal as this, but she also sees the ice breaking and someone breaking through the snow, which we find out, of course, by the end is Javi. She seems to be having actual visions of the future, which I guess we have implied that she does have visions of the future. Mm -hmm. But once again, whether this is accentuated by being out here or just something she always had, like when right. she pre potentially prevented that accident with her parents. Exactly. She, definitely is seeing actual things that we know are going to happen. And in the past, I think there's been kind of like these vague flashes of stuff that you could read as like, well, that is something literal. She is literally seeing what's going to happen later in this episode. And all she needed was a couple of kicks to the head to unlock this power. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we see Akila talking to Nugget. And before we even have this reveal, I oh wrote that my in my notes. That mouse is dead because there is this kind of like fuzziness on the edges of the screen. So I'm actually taking note of this going like this. Amazing catch. <laughs> and immediately after my revelation, we have Thaisa grabbing this desiccated little mouse Jesus. being like, this is dead. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow, that was disturbing. Speaking of everyone having these kind of visions now and delusions that they're all at their breaking points, like you mentioned, whether some of this is supernatural, some of this is just food deprivation, not only has Aquila been... <laughs> petting a dead mouse for weeks now. Ty sees her other in her reflection as she's doing the dishes. And when she turns around. Another other. <laughs> she's there in the room with her. So this is like <laughs> a, an escalation to say the least. Yes. Thaisa, by the way, calling out Akila for her craziness when she, of course, is experiencing this <laughs> at that moment. Very in character with her for her, by the way. Akila contemplates eating this little mouse corpse. They should throw it into the belt soup, I think, minimally. 
I thought so too. I mean, honestly, I was so disgusted by this mouse situation. I don't know why it really was nauseating for me. I do think you should throw the bones in there. Blech. There's probably some protein on the bones too. I mean, right. it's probably just completely yeah. dried out. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the belt soup, this is Jackie's belt, right? They found it in her bag. Yes. Maybe a little bit of a yummy belt soup for everybody that night. Although they'll have something else on the menu very soon. <laughs> Ben and Natalie are contemplating Lottie's death because everybody's concerned about her bad, this beating she took. Is They should be concerned. That was a severe beating she took. And they're saying that maybe it would be better if she died. I'm sure that some people saying that would mean like maybe it would be better if she died so they can eat her. <laughs> Although the girls are so you know fixated on her as a leader that they probably wouldn't want to eat her. But I think the subtext of what they're saying too is that maybe we could break up this mass delusion that everybody's having if Lottie was to die. I mean, I don't think it was even subtext. I think it was straight out there between Ben and Natalie. Yes. Discord of Ben saying like, yes, then she would be at peace because she's in so <laughs> much pain. And Natalie being like, no, I just mean because she's really screwing with people's heads around here. <laughs> Importantly here, she mentions the fact that even Javi has been turning to the dark side because she saw him bowing at one of the symbol, the trees that have the symbol on it. Mm -hmm. And he asks Natalie, which one? Ben doesn't think that Javi's been praying at one of these trees. He thinks that Javi maybe has been whispering to somebody. That's my interpretation of this anyway. Interesting. So Ben goes and looks in this bag and finds a drawing of this tree after he hears this from Natalie. Is this Jacques' bag that he's going through? I don't know. I thought maybe it was Javi's bag from way back. Could it that be Javi's? And then I don't know. Is Javi doing the drawings? That's what I thought. I remember at the time just thinking, wow, Javi's a sound sleeper because he's doing this right next to his head and he's not hearing it. <laughs> oh, I think that's a good theory, actually. I couldn't figure out whose bag he was rifling through that would have this drawing in it. Uh, that's probably correct. I mean, it would have been good if we could have seen him drawing at some point. He's a so pretty good artist. Yeah, that, exactly. I'm a yeah, little surprised. It was a very good drawing of that tree. Really beautiful, actually. That's what he was doing out there, getting his art skills. <laughs> <laughs> Found a DVD player with one of those, uh, like, learn art in a week. <laughs> then we see Ben is sharpening a knife, and Misty thinks that he's doing this potentially to commit suicide or something. He's like, no, no, I'm just modifying my crutch, Get doing a little exploring, looking for that tree in, uh, before the episode is over. I mean, for as psychopathic as Misty is, which she absolutely is, can you imagine the burden on this woman right now, this girl right now? She's trying to keep uh, Lottie alive. Yes. She's trying to keep Ben from killing himself. Everywhere she goes, she's got something to deal with. Not even subtext in the show anymore at this point. But if, of course, Misty's the one who potentially, partially got them in this situation. It may also be not the case that, you know, as bad as it was for her to smash that black box, Given this, what might be some kind of weird magnetic field here, maybe they wouldn't have been able to find them anyway, because that's probably what took down the plane in the first place. So maybe it would have been masked. By the way, I don't want to digress too far on this, but I read something on Reddit. I did not go down the rabbit hole, but something about like the black box cannot be activated unless it's submerged in water so that it was never oh, going to help them. I didn't research it further, but I would think it's something that the people that made the show would research. If that is a true fact, I think that's interesting. I'd have to assume that it's not only when it's submerged because I know that people have reclaimed the black box from like mountain crashes in the past. Now, whether it was 
broadcasting or whether it was just like they reclaimed it so that they could like get the flight information from it. The like, data. You know, diagnose mm -hmm. what might have caused the crash. But it's also possible that they wouldn't need to have a black box in uh, an above ground location because, because you can once see again, it. Yeah, you and not only could yeah. you see it, but the simple fact that you would know the flight's trajectory, and then you would see like mm -hmm. here it is on the radar, and here it is right. not on the radar. So mm -hmm. that's the location we're looking in, right? And, and to that point, even though obviously what she did on its surface is so problematic, but there's got to be something else going on here because you would figure you do know the flight's path, right. you do know the last place the plane was located on the radar. There has to be something else going on, like for example because of some kind of magnetic field or something, right. it lost radio contact very early on because otherwise you would know exactly where the plane was or right. within a mile or so of where it is, which should be pretty easy to send a, a crew out there to locate the actual fuselage. None of that has happened. So there's something more going on here, obviously. Uh, but anyway, going back to the point I was going to make, Misty, uh, for better or worse, maybe she's gotten too much of what she wanted. This is the best version of Misty, right? She is mm -hmm, just like what mm -hmm. she is covering up murders in the present tense, that this is exactly what she's built for. So this is That's the best version of her. That's her skill set, yep. Exactly. <laughs> Before we move to present, there's a couple more things that happen here. Mari starts hearing that dripping again, and now other people are hearing it too. So if we needed any additional proof that she's not just having some kind of psychotic break, people are hearing this dripping. So maybe there is, once again, going back to that theory that there might be some connection here to the cave system that we find out later in the show. But of course, not only does do people actually hear this dripping, there is a psychotic vision here. She sees the blood oozing through the walls. That's our unreliable narrator again. And everybody practically in this show, I mean, almost everybody has some kind of vision at some point in this episode. Mm, interesting point. Yeah. There is one more tender moment here before Javi exits the show. <laughs> so Natalie has stitched up some gloves for Javi and they're bonding here. And this is also winning Travis back to her side mm -hmm. again. She's obviously been on the outs ever since Javi turned up. That night, everybody's concerned that Lottie will not recover if she doesn't have some food to eat. It's time to let fate decide which one of them has to die. Misty comes up with this method, which is the cards. She goes and digs up the cards and suggests this. And we'll circle back to this fateful dealing of the cards later mm -hmm. in the episode. Okay, let's go to the present. I think a lot more stuff happens here in the present, so this is probably going to be much longer to cover all this. We pick up immediately after we left off. The girls are like, wow, I'm going to remember that song forever, Dancing to Lightning Crashes. How do you dance to Lightning Crashes, by the way? <laughs> but apparently, that's what they've been doing for the past few minutes. I mean, you kind of would just sway, I feel, but okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You really can't uh, get down to that song. It really sure. feels like a hold up your lighter kind of song, like more than exactly. anything else. Exactly. Yeah. They do have a fire to dance around, so that's close. Shauna comes back. She's been having that conversation with Jeff in the meantime, and she's disturbed, and she's like, we got to get out of here. Lottie and Van are suspicious of what's going on. What are they talking about? Van is just going to say, like, look, we need to talk about this. I'm going to take your keys, Shauna, and throw them into the woods. <laughs> it might be a problem later. By the way, I felt like the scars were more pronounced on Van's face than I had noticed previously. I think it depends on the lighting. It could also be like Maybe. how the makeup is applied, obviously. But I think it could also be the lighting. Maybe like in broad daylight, it's not as notable like when you have these kind of deep shadows. Yeah, maybe. So she wants to force this conversation. And over the course of this conversation, everything starts to come out. Oh, my God. Everything. 
<laughs> it's such a, a great way that they let this conversation unfold because you start to realize something you don't really think about as you're watching the show, or I don't anyway. Everybody is keeping something from somebody mm -hmm. else. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Misty says, well, Thaisa hired a private investigator to investigate all of us, but that's okay because she took care of the private investigators <laughs> when they find out that she's murdered somebody else. And I liked her she, little, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then Shauna goes, well, the FBI is investigating Natalie. And Misty's like, well, actually, that's not true. That was me and my boyfriend. Now he's like, Walter's her boyfriend all of a sudden. I noticed that. And then as she's reliving or remembering that whole thing, she mentions, you know what? While we were questioning Randy... He mentioned Jeff right away. So what was this thing about Jeff? Thaisa is like a super sleuth here, apparently. Jeff was the blackmailer. <laughs> I think there's quite a, a leap she made there, although she's absolutely obviously correct. <laughs> I also felt her mind was working very quickly to reach that <laughs> yes, conclusion. Yes. And of course, they find out that, well, she killed Adam, but he wasn't even the blackmailer. And not only that, but Shauna says, well, of course, the body's been found. And Misty, once again, as says to Natalie, did you bury him six feet deep? She's like, well, I didn't really measure, but it seemed deep. <laughs> it seemed pretty deep. <laughs> but we know, by the way, going back to that, that they did not dig him very deep. Right. They were kind of like, that's deep enough. Right. <laughs> it seemed like it was like two or three feet deep, not really deep enough. For six feet, you could at least get in yourself. Well, I'm five, whatever. So exactly. yeah, it's clearing <laughs> yeah. my head by quite a bit. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not even close to being six feet when you consider that. Yes. It's a very good reference point to make. Shauna almost says, I thought Jeff was cheating on me. Even that, by the way, turned out to be incorrect. That's right. But of course, he was blackmailing her. So <laughs> he's no innocent here either. <laughs> he was super suspicious in those first episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The cops show up to talk to Shauna's family. Matt is teamed up with Callie investigating her room. She starts calling him out saying, what are you, some kind of pervert? You try to take advantage of me. I'm just a teenage girl. She's recording all of this, by the way. And he's like, you know what? There's only one pervert in this room. Gets under her skin by saying, you're a liar. You're manipulative, just like your mother. And this does actually get to her. I mean, what a jerk this guy is, right? Uh, yes, yes. Big time. Really but awful. also, correct. <laughs> He's the one who's most correct. I know, so. but still. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeff is getting questioned by Kevin. And everything that this actor does in this episode is absolutely incredible. He sells things that shouldn't even work. It makes them perfect. It starts here. He's got to look at these photographs. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're really freaking him out. Yeah. He gets so uncomfortable with all this. And you can tell he's kind of feeling sick about it too. Oh my God. He's like just so like sick. A... Yeah. <laughs> but just his expression of trying to play it cool, but then it's simultaneously, <laughs> it's like he's fighting his impulse to like run away. Mm -hmm. It's just really great. And then he finally just says, I'm not going to say anything else without my lawyer being present, which is of course the smartest. Smart. Thing. Yes. I like the fact that Kevin like digs into all the details of this, including the fact that the missing hands and the head, which of course is Misty's doing. But could you imagine Jeff yes. at this is thinking like, how insane yes. is my wife? <laughs> the she cheese grater? Oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly. grim. Yes, the cheese grater on the tattoo. Just, yeah. Could you imagine if you just found this out about your husband, for example, you'd be like, I, he told me he accidentally killed somebody. This is, <laughs> this is psychotic behavior and seems very premeditated. <laughs> Paralleling here, we see that Walter is at home. Any question as to how rich he was and whether that was just a made up story or something? Absolutely not. He lives in a beautiful open plan. So home. gorgeous. Oh my yeah, gosh. Really. Lovely. He's putting together this incredibly complicated puzzle. 
huge. I am a big puzzler and this puzzle seemed massive. My standard is like a thousand, but those, they still don't take up that much space. Yes. Yes. This is thousands and a the pretty opaque pattern to follow. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, I am not a music theater person, but I am familiar with Sweeney Todd because, you know, I like <laughs> grisly stories. I like I'm murder. Grisly. <laughs> I like murder. Exactly. <laughs> I've only seen the show once. I assume this was from Sweeney Todd, but I went and did a little research out of curiosity to see like, what is this actual musical piece as it's often important. So first of all, spoilers for Sweeney Todd, everybody, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know this <laughs> 75 year old player, whatever it is at this point, Sweeney Todd is the story of Sweeney Todd, who is a barber. He's like lost everything he thinks and he gets revenge on people that he thinks have wronged him. And it starts off being direct revenge for people who don't recognize who he is. And eventually works its way up to just being anybody who's rich or annoys him, starts to murder them, and then gets an accomplice who cooks these people into pies. So of course, here we have a cannibalism connection. Mm -hmm. We have a revenge plot as well. And most importantly, in this song, Not While I'm Around, it is the accomplice to this murderer. There's a young boy who starts to assist her. He is wary of Sweeney Todd at this point and is saying that no one will hurt you, not while I'm around. So it does make me curious to say, is Walter going to be this person who is protecting Misty, for example, when she's actually the murderer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's not aware of it, right? If you want to do a correct, direct correlation. So maybe I'm overreading into it, but probably not considering. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. And just as this is all happening, he starts getting a bunch of notifications from some of his online friends. People are mentioning, for example, that she is a literal man eater. <laughs> I guess people are theorizing <laughs> that Shona ate the body parts that are missing. <laughs> More cannibalism. Hmm. Someone uses the hashtag putting the sick in forensics. And this you is what he starts saying. So much here that I did not catch. I'm very. I paused impressed. it. I, pa okay. I paused it on the rewatch. On rewatch, he immediately writes a note, an email to the police department, saying that I have information about the case. What would you think he's going to tell the police officers? I don't know. Does he like Misty enough to redirect the police officers, or is he trying to be the one that comes through and? solves this entire thing. I mean, I go back to that comment about, I want to be Moriarty to your Sherlock. Mm -hmm. That would indicate that he has been doing this all as a pretense just to be the one that comes in and saves the day. What do you think? I'm still on the fence as to which direction it goes in, but based on the scenes from next week, it makes me feel that he is going to be protecting her and maybe that goes back to the musical cue as well. Just like he said last week that, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, that he still loved his Nana, even though, you know, she killed his grandfather. Maybe he's got, he wants to protect her. Mm -hmm. Does he want to protect her from Shauna, for example, and that Shauna might be the killer and he, she wants to protect him? Ah, protect her. I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do see Walter head out from that beautiful house by the end of the episode. And now he's listening to Phantom of the Opera. I don't know if this is <laughs> thematically relevant <laughs> or just another story. <laughs> just continuing his affection for show tunes. Exactly. But okay. um, you did notice yep. he found something purple in his closet before he left. Very so. good point. Yes. He's going to maybe sneak onto that compound. Okay. The next scene we have is on paper, maybe a scene that I should hate, <laughs> but I think because of Jeff, this scene is incredible. <laughs> he is having a nightmare sequence. 
He thinks Sean is back. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. (laughs) She has knives for hands. Once again, this sounds terrible on paper and just ridiculously over the top, but his line readings here are incredible. He's like, put those away. Your mom went through a lot out there in the wilderness, Cal. I mean, she lost a lot of people. Her best friend. Yeah, Jackie, I know. Yeah, Jackie. She lost somebody else out there, too. She had a baby out there. It was our baby. It was hers and mine. We, uh... She was pregnant when that plane went down. Jesus. So I, I had a, a sister. A brother. Yeah. She had a baby. No baby boy. Oh my God. Hey, listen. My point here is that all that stuff. All right, that's your mom's burden to bear. And mine too, I guess. But you don't have to make it yours. Okay. (laughs) It's dangerous. I thought you liked this. But yes, he's so in character. He should be terrified for his life. And he's just like, what if somebody sees? (laughs) I like that. Sean also says here at the end of the dream sequence that he has to stay still or he's going to end up like Adam with his skin grated off like a rind of pecorino. Yes. (laughs) So of course he wakes up from this nightmare and he finds Callie also can't sleep and she's drinking, no less. So they share a beer. And speaking of him once again being MVP of this episode, he goes from this really like one of the most hilarious sequences from this uh, show ever in that dream sequence, his performance there, to being like really compassionate here, describing Mm -hmm. that she went through a lot. And of course, acknowledging the fact of something we suspected for a while, he knows about yes. the baby because, of course, he read her diaries, and that was in the diary as well. That must have been really traumatic for him to have made that revelation at that point, right? And I mean, I guess he's never really had this conversation with Shauna either, and he's kind of been holding this inside. Right. So mm-hmm. this really, like you mentioned, how they've really reclaimed this character this year. He he's so sympathetic here in his compassion for her and his feeling the culpability of what he's done as well. This is probably the best argument for Shauna being made here by him, <laughs> you know, something, a case he, she's not been able to make for herself this whole entire season, but uh, a lot of compassion here for him from, from him. Honestly, what I took away from this episode was that he really does love her and yeah. maybe has always loved her. Right. Like they right. talk a lot about the whole thing about Jackie being kind of, you know, the queen bee, the it girl and who he's supposed to be with. But I think maybe he has always loved Shauna. And now has gotten wrapped up in this giant mess <laughs> yep, <laughs> as a result. Back with the ladies here towards the end of the episode. Now that everything's out in the open, Shauna makes a really important confession to herself in a way that she's been doing all these things, trying to put things right. And it's just making everything worse and worse, which of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> duh, <laughs> considering how out of control everything is. Yes. The ladies there at the compound, at Lottie's compound, start discussing should they just finally talk about everything that happened? And I'm like, yes, please, please do. I'd love to hear 
this conversation, which I guess we have to wait till next week to hear, but maybe get it all out in the open finally. Lottie mentions the fact that she thinks the power is back. You know, they're still trying to make the argument that there's not something supernatural going on. They've all been drawn there. She makes a point, right? Like, why are they all there now all of a sudden? What's happening? And now as we get to the very end of the episode, we see that in the past, the first person who's chosen by the card with this scarred queen card is Nat, which of course we know she does not die because she's still alive now. I think they did a good job of creating tension here. We already know that she lives to see the future. So, you know, that's kind of a rough situation to work with, but I think they did make it feel tense. As we saw in the very first scene of this whole entire series, the girl who gets hunted in the woods wearing Jackie's necklace, they put the Mm -hmm. necklace onto Natalie. Shauna asks her to turn around. She's going to slit her throat. But then Natalie turns around and says, nope, you got to look me in the eyes when you do it. Shauna backs out and Natalie makes an escape. Eventually, Javi catches up to her, tells her to follow him that he has a place where she can hide, which of course she should take him at his word because he was hiding somewhere for some Mm -hmm. period of time. First interesting thing I want to note here is that they did this when Ben wasn't around. Uh, You figure Ben would be on the chopping block. (laughs) I know. I was thinking that too, that if anything, it just at least doesn't seem fair to do it without everyone present. Right. Unless they knew, of course, that Ben would be like, there's no way I'm letting you do this. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that Ben yes. is still the adult in the room. And maybe right. he would just say like, this is crazy. You guys have to stop. And yeah. they would might lose their courage in a way. Right. So maybe that I hadn't was thought about that aspect when I watched it. Yeah, that makes sense. Meanwhile, Ben has been on this journey looking for that tree. He finds it and he finds a lot of other stuff too, right? He gets down. And somehow, even though Natalie knew where this tree was, by by the way, has seen, not only that, has seen Javi there, has seen the, the green spot under the tree, never dug under there to look to see if there was an opening. Mm. Somehow she has, <laughs> both of her and Travis have somehow missed this before, but Ben goes down there and as we anticipated, has found some kind of cave, sy- cave system. We also see a lot of little bones. It looks like bird bones there. Mm-hmm. So someone's been down there eating something, birds or mm-hmm. other things as well, other small creatures. But it's like, uh, you know, it's a warm, it's wet, it has vegetation growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is quite a discovery that he's made here. And I guess Javi knew about it, but never told them. Interesting. Well, he wasn't saying much of anything until just now, <laughs> right? True. So, But I mean, he could prevent someone from dying potentially if there's things down there to eat, right? Yeah, true. Unless he's protecting someone, which I do suspect there are people down there, or at least one person. So while this is happening in the past, they're now hunting Natalie through the snow. And Ben has made this discovery in the present. They're cutting back to these girls once again, having another ritualized murder, potentially. Lottie says that one of them has to die. They have to make a sacrifice to this supernatural force, whatever it happens to be. And they think this is a crazy suggestion, but Lottie makes a pretty interesting point that, hey, Thaisa, you have already killed a dog. You are afraid you're going to kill a family member. You have nearly killed a family member already, potentially more than one. Shauna and Misty have both become murderers <laughs> and Van is really depressed. <laughs> that doesn't really seem like the same level, but uh, they don't even know, of course, that she has cancer as well, or Lottie doesn't right. know anyway. And of course, Natalie was you know, about to kill herself just a week before. I mean, I love how she goes around the circle and just tells everybody, what do you mean you <laughs> right. think you're basically fine? This is the situation. Right. And I enjoyed that scene. But once again, and I know I'm like a broken record with this, It just seems like a different person than the teen version of her. Lottie's method of killing one of them off is to 
poison one of the teas, and then they'll all drink, and whoever dies, dies. The ladies are contemplating this as the episode comes to an end. In the past, we see that Javi has caught up to Natalie, as I mentioned, taking her to this cave, I believe, and the girls are catching up. All this is happening at the same time, and at that moment, the ice breaks, Javi falls through, Natalie's about to rescue him, interestingly, Misty holds her back so that he can die. At first second there, I thought he was going to die and they weren't going to pull him out. I was just like, wow, what? An well, it way. seems like you really just have a matter of seconds, right? Before the per right. person is too deep in to catch them. It really is tricky timing. And then Van puts the a button on this by saying the wilderness chose. Interesting that we see this underwater shot of Javi drowning. And of course, this is pretty much the same place where that white stag went under the mm. ice as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is the title of the show. It chooses. And that's where we wrap up the episode. Poor Javi. Yeah, poor Javi indeed. And of course, next week, uh, we have the finale. I have some questions. Is Travis going to eat Javi? I assume he has to, right? I mean, what else is he going to do? I was thinking that too. Eating your own brother, that's rough. He's eating yeah. something in that in those coming attractions. So I assume it's his brother. I mean, that's oh, the boy. most obvious thing. Man, what? how traumatic is that going to be? No wonder Travis is a complete mess in the present tense. He killed himself, of course. You know, and it crystallized in this episode the guilt that all of these people have that Javi died to protect Natalie, that Natalie could have pulled him out but restrained herself. Can she ever admit that to Travis? Travis, of course, having eaten his brother to survive, Shauna having lost the baby. The, the, the trauma here is off the charts, off the charts for everybody. Yeah, I was wondering too if there would be some sort of tacit agreement between the girls who are at the lake to not explain exactly what happened right. and how it happened to the people <laughs> right. back at the cabin. I don't know. It struck me again watching this about like when we see the adult versions, like how forever bonded you would be to people that have gone through this insane experience with you. I mean, Shauna pretty much almost sliced Natalie's throat open. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And here they are hanging out together, dancing to lightning crashes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's incredible when you think about how they must have rewritten those traumas from the past for them yeah. to even be able to tolerate each other, right? Like for be all in the, the presence of each other. Yeah. Or maybe they're the only ones that survived in a way. So at some point, if it gets to the point where everybody turns on each other, like maybe in season three, we see factions break down and there's an actual uh, war. Like where did the rest of these girls go? That if it ends up being just a few of them, just a handful of them that actually survived, then maybe they're bonded through that, that like they've all yeah. done absolutely right. unconscionable things to each other. Right. So the, nobody's hands are clean here. And that's what I think is interesting about even in this episode, everything they've done to each other that is unconscionable. Shauna right. almost killing mm -hmm. Natalie, like you said. Natalie could have rescued yeah. Javi, but didn't. You know, We knew that she was close with Travis in recent times and the guilt she must have all the time when they're together, right? Knowing what she did. Yes. And part of what sets this into motion is that they think that as much as they're all starving, Lottie in particular needs yep. to eat. And that's because Shauna went nuts on her. Yep. Exactly. And we don't even know what other <laughs> atrocities Misty might commit in the past. But just here, you see how Natalie gives Misty the cold shoulder normally in the 2023 timeline. Just in this episode, you think about the fact when Misty kept her from rescuing Hoffman. Yeah. Right? There's probably way more worse to come. And of course, if they ever find out that she smashed that flight recorder, 
that's not. I mean, would she see it that way though? Because what Misty said to her was like, essentially, if it's not him, it's going to be you. So, yeah. In her way, Misty was looking out for her, (laughs) which we all know it's a dangerous position to be in when Misty is looking out for you. People die. (laughs) Exactly. In the moment, I actually thought that maybe she would rescue Javi and that would get her a pass, right? They'd say like, well, um, you know, she saved Javi, we can't eat her. (laughs) And they would come up with some other mechanism Mm -hmm, of choosing. mm -hmm. But uh, I was a little surprised. I did not expect Javi, you know, after having disappeared for so long and then being resurrected here on the show. Uh, But that being said, Javi is a younger actor. You know, he's already grown. He was getting very tall. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He's already six inches taller from season one. And if another year and a half goes by for season three, he'll be like a whole foot taller. (laughs) Exactly. He was talking because his voice has changed so much. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I had read something somewhere that the young actor who plays Travis does the voice of the adult Travis, which I think is interesting. Really? Huh. Not that he's had much dialogue because he's been dead. No. <laughs> but, yes. you know, in the flashbacks, we do see he here. Like, for example, there was the whole conversation that Natalie had with Travis where he was asking, what did you see um, when she overdoses? And uh, that apparently was all dubbed by the Interesting. child actor. Interesting. Yeah. One more thing that we see in the coming attractions is Walter and Jeff together. And Walter says, let's dispose of this body to mm-hmm. Jeff. I see like a refrigerator behind him, but it's like a giant refrigerator. I think they're at the morgue, you think? Sneaking I don't away know, but Adam's body? I, oh, maybe. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good theory. I think they're cutting it to make you think like, oh, they've murdered someone, but I don't think that's- Right. I mean, that's what I was going to say is I don't think yeah. that's the case at all. Yeah. No body, no proof. Maybe. I mean, there definitely was a body and photographs of it. Right. And I mean, that's DNA a, results. So yeah. I'm not sure how- how much help it goes like if the remains are no longer there, if that proves anything. I agree with you. So it could be a futile attempt by Jeff and maybe a caca maybe planned, but he wouldn't be the <laughs> first stupid plan he came up with. So it's very true. And based on his blackmailing expertise. I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add? No, I mean, I really enjoyed this episode. I feel like they're really building towards something. The piece is picking up. I liked a lot about it, honestly. And, you know, as we talked about when we talked about Succession last, I'm just really enjoying this season in a way that I don't think I enjoyed the first season. So I'm really looking forward to the rest of it. Yeah, just one more episode to go. You had mentioned last week, I hadn't really noticed this. You mentioned that some people had been negative on the season. And I did, coincidentally, been listening to a completely another podcast, not about Yellow Jackets, but just in passing on that podcast. They had made a similar critique that the show in the the story in the present wasn't that great, that the story in the past was more interesting. And I'm like, well, I totally disagree with that. First of all, it made me think that, you know, I could read the show ungenerously in that it has been pretty slow to reveal its secrets about what happened in the past. So I guess that could be a frustration to some people. Although uh, I read the show more as this metaphor for these women trying to overcome these things that they're running away from overtly in the present and then how this still has bonded them together. And if you read it in that regard and don't even worry about the conspiracy, I think that that's the the most interesting part of the show. So it hasn't been frustrating to me, but it does seem like now they have to make this concessions to explain some of this. And I think we are going to get a lot of answers next week. Uh, As you mentioned, Sona, we will be covering the next episode of Succession in just a couple more days. Rumor is someone dies. Someone of the main characters dies this week. I do not what? think that is the case. I do not. I think had that not case. heard that. 
But apparently there is no screeners going out again this week. We will see if that is the case. And we'll be covering that. Tune in if you're watching Succession or catch up with it. Two more episodes of Succession, one more episode of Yellow Jackets. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, make sure you do so you get notifications when all those episodes become available. And I'll be continuing to watch some of these other shows. I still have not been able to put together a current recap of the show Silo, but I have been watching that and enjoying it. And uh, we will be covering that once these other shows wrap up, because there's just so many things that are wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for all of that. Sona, by chance, did you watch the trailer for The Idol? No. Oh my God. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Why can't I just watch this two minute clip? It's just two minutes long. Something is truly wrong with me. Some news on that front. The weekend has officially changed his name back to his original name, which is... Uh, yeah, I think name. I saw that. Abel Tesfe. Abel Tesfe, which is his actual name. But uh, yeah, he's dropping the weekend moniker. So hmm. for whatever that, for whatever reasons. But he's branching out. Not only the most streamed artist of probably the past five years, but now also a movie star and a TV star, potentially, if this show does goes well. That's one thing we'll be covering in June. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff coming too. So uh, less stuff than just this one month, <laughs> but nonetheless, stuff we will be covering throughout. <laughs> That's fine. This one month has too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exhausting. Utterly exhausting. Sona, thanks again for the conversation. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.